Hey, Patrick. Yes, sir. Is that a red balloon behind your head? Shut up. Shut up and shut up. (laughs) Don't do that. In a time when film criticism is as provocative as ever, Feelin' Film ventures to change the discussion from what we hate about a film to what we love about it. We judge more on emotional experience than technical merit, because every movie makes us feel something. Well, welcome <laughs> listeners and book lovers to an extra mini-sode here in Book to Movie Month. With the newest <laughs> adaptation of Stephen King's famous horror novel falling perfectly during our theme, we decided it was definitely something worth talking about, and despite my co-host's general aversion to the horror genre. Speaking of that, I'm Aaron, and with me as always for this spooky conversation is Patrick slash Patch. <laughs> hey, everyone. All right, so quick spoiler warning before we get into this material. If you have not seen the movie It, well, we're going to spoil it. Uh, if you've seen the miniseries... And you're wondering if we're going to spoil things you might have seen in the miniseries. I can't tell you that because I haven't seen it. Patrick, have you? <laughs> I have. Are we going to spoil that? Probably. Okay. If you haven't read the book, yeah, well, you get the idea. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Go see the movie. <laughs> Most of you already have, according to the box office. Now, as I just mentioned, Patrick, you are not usually up to seeing and discussing horror movies. So I'm very excited for this rare occasion. <laughs> You went to see this at 1 p.m. in the afternoon because you're... 1.30, 1.30 p.m. Because you're a wuss. And no, because I, Whatever. That's not all true. I have been anxiously <laughs> awaiting your thoughts on this film because you haven't told me them yet. So, listeners, you and I get to experience this together. Patrick, what did you think of The Creepy Clown? Well, I've never been more afraid of pronouns in my life. Let me just start out by saying that. That's just... <laughs> what a thing to say in 2017. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So I'll just say this. It was really scary to me. And as I mentioned before, I grew up with the miniseries and it terrified me as a child. It was a while before I could watch it again. I actually bought it at Walmart for like $5 about a month ago. And I've seen it in recent history and it doesn't freak me out nearly as much just because I'm an adult and it's television, right? But I've always been intrigued by the story. I I did not want to take a year and a half off to read the book. So (laughs) all of my opinions come from from the the theatrical version and then the the made-for-TV. And as someone who doesn't go see scary movies, it it was terrifying for me because I I I honestly I don't like disturbing imagery and I don't like jump scares. These are things that don't necessarily entertain me. And I was having a conversation with Reed Lackey this week because he's, if any of you guys know him, you know, he, he coasts the fear of God podcast and you know, horror is kind of his thing. And I, I honestly, I said, I said, Hey man, you know, I don't really do, do horror. How should I approach this? You know, do you have any kind of wisdom? And he gave me some really cool insight on kind of taking it with a grain of salt, having some fun with it. And I honestly, I, I, I got in there and just, it, I failed, man. I mean, I, I covered <laughs> my eyes. I, I really did. I, I, I covered my eyes through a good chunk of the, the, the attacks and things like that. I mean, I caught 
everything enough to to maintain a coherent story and whatnot. But there's something about um, things that you can't unsee and terrifying imagery has always been something that I've not been able to deal with. I feel like I'm cheating the film, obviously, because I'm not I'm not capturing the whole thing. I feel like I'm also cheating myself because I'm not getting the whole story. And so if I was thinking about the star reviews that we give, you know, all of our movies together. And so if I had to give it from a story standpoint, it's like a four and a half for me because it's a fantastic story. And it's a story that I relate to in terms of some of the themes that are that are built into it. But because of the entertainment value of it that I don't connect with, it goes down a bit. And so I kind of even it out at like a three. And that's not, to, I mean, again, I have to explain that because if people say, man, why'd you go give it a three? Like people are really going to care what star rating I give it. That's kind of where I landed because it's difficult for me. And I've realized this viewing of it and watching this just reminded me of where my limits are. I hate that I can't experience the full capacity of horror films like that. But at the same time, it was a good reminder that, yeah, this is my limit. And I'm going to leave the the horror reviews up to people that are more akin to being able to deal with that and enjoy it more. So, um, yeah, so there it is. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sorry that you didn't enjoy it more uh, because of you know your lack of enjoyment of, of being scared. But that was that was a very real possibility. I think we knew that going in and it was a risk and it was it was a a brave move by you to make this attempt and, and to put yourself through this. <laughs> so we won't, we won't force you to do this anymore. I've got plenty of other, we've got, we've got guest co-hosts we can have on if we need to cover some horror films and or true, true horror films. But, um, I, I enjoyed it. So yeah, going into this for the first time, like I said, I had no idea what the story was. I didn't know that Pennywise was a demon. I thought it was just a clown like a scary clown. And I always wondered why people were so scared of it. I thought people were crazy. They were like, Oh, these, this clown is so scary. And I was like, no, no, it's really not. It's a clown. Well, it's more than a clown. Uh, so the, the movie definitely surprised me in some ways, in a lot of other ways, it felt like it just couldn't stay focused. Uh, I felt like it was a little bit all over the place and uneven and, it was trying so hard to be a blockbuster horror movie that some of Mm. it did not work for me because of that. So I might criticize this movie some throughout this conversation, but I want to make sure up front that I'm saying the caveat to that is that I had a good time with this movie. It is not a bad film. It is a good film. Mm -hmm. Um, If not at minimum, a very good film. And so while my criticisms are kind of loud in some ways, they were only because I felt like this film had, to use the word that we try not to use too much in feel and film, but it had masterpiece type potential for blockbuster (laughs) horror. And I don't think it it couldn't reach that. And, And it was a little disappointing because of that. So my disappointments with it are only because I saw how amazing it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just didn't quite reach that height, but let's, let's get into specifics. Um, themes. One thing that really was very, very blatant to me was the loss of innocence mm-hmm. in this story. And I think that one of the things that it lets us do is connect with these characters in a way that we relate and we can kind of, 
we can all chart back to that time when we stopped being that happy-go-lucky kid and we kind of became more hard to the world around us. And that's what happens with these kids when they meet and they interact with it. Uh, it becomes a catalyst for that transformation within them. And so mm-hmm. now they become warriors instead of just enjoying the summer as keeps getting repeated. They, they truly do change. Uh, mm-hmm. They become grownups in a sense, and they have to go fight this thing on their own. And they're no longer able to just worry about going to the baseball game or getting ice cream. The world is bigger. It's badder. It's, it's full of terrors and scary things now. Uh, did you did you resonate with that at all? That part of the story? Yeah, I, I thought it was a little speedy in terms mm-hmm. of the of, of building up to that. But yeah. yes, I mean, when you have to introduce seven characters, it's you've got to do some kind of kind of ramp up in some way. But yes, I thought that the moment that each person has this is one thing I really enjoyed about the film from a story standpoint. And let me just preface this by saying that while I've visibly didn't see every little thing i this i'm very familiar with the story and what i what i value the most about it was seeing how we get introduced with these characters in relationship to to it that we get their isolated moments with it and we get their their moments of being terrified uh, and beyond terrified like completely almost like emotionally attacked and things like that so introducing us to all the characters simultaneously introducing us to their relationship with it, I think enhanced that idea of that lost innocence. Because when we have something that now terrifies us, we're growing up because we have to deal with that. And for each one of these guys, they were exposed to it in some way, shape or form. And it, I guess it was through their bond in some ways that, they started growing, but I think their loss began with their initial attacks that they were that 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 it had on them. So yeah, I, I definitely I don't think we had enough time to spend with them being summer kids. I think it was sort of interspersed throughout, but um, and I think mainly that had to do with the fact that uh, that 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 Bill's main thing that he was going to do that summer was try to find. Um, try to find his, his little brother Georgie. So from that moment, you know, he had already lost his innocence even before the summer got there. And so I think that's where it kind of got a little mulled for me, but I definitely picked up on that. Yeah. And, and so when they become these warriors, you know, they, they're fighting it, which again, going into this for the first time, I had no idea that it was this demon that fed on fear and all of these other things that it had the this 27 year hibernation period which is another criticism of just like I, I don't understand the the world in which this thing exists fully and that's a little bit of a, a detractor for me personally there was a discussion in the film and film facebook group about this very thing and whether or not there were they were they should be considered plot holes that we don't know everything about the demon and the rules that it kind of lives by and I fall on the side of I would like to know more about the rules of the supernatural world that I'm living in or experiencing. But I also fully understand those who side on the other, the other part of that where they say, you know, it's supernatural. It's, it's not 
something we can understand. It's not from our perspective. So I can see it both ways, but from my enjoyment standpoint, I wanted a little bit more specifics around this. But right. the, but the kids, there's this other theme of fighting fear that is going on throughout this film. And it's not just when it comes to it. Now, they do fight it, and they have to fight fear tangibly in the face but we also have bill fighting the fear of living without georgie Uh he's afraid to let go we have eddie who's afraid of getting sick he's fighting his fear of of not taking his medications henry and beverly both terribly afraid of their fathers for for various reasons Uh richie i I don't know. I guess like he said, he's afraid of clowns and maybe, maybe he's afraid of silence too, because <laughs> he's never quiet, but there's this overarching idea of fighting fear throughout this movie. The fear of maybe growing up would be another one that they all are sort of battling at the same time. This is a pivotal age, this 13 year old time in someone's life. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that part I thought was, very well done. Like I, I got it. I felt it. And I thought it was portrayed in a way in which was incredibly realistic to me. Mm -hmm. I definitely resonated with this. In fact, this was something that I was talking about with Reed is that I, if I felt like, like this was my Pennywise, right? This movie or the horror genre in general was, what I needed to face and I needed to realize that these guys, you know, these things were not real on screen and that the, you know, the moment I leave the theater is the moment that I can leave that, that experience behind. And I can, I can safely say that I sort of failed at that. I recognize my limits and I think there's a success in that, but I definitely connected with that theme of being able to not just be cocky about the things I'm afraid of to try to fight that fear, but to look them literally and figuratively in the face and saying you have no power over me and that's what i think each one of these guys kind of in their own ways tried to do um some of them failed some of them succeeded uh, but the thing that i thought was great is that they the times that they succeeded for sure like 100% was when they were together and that was something that was harped on is that individually he feeds off their fear but together he's not as powerful and I don't think I picked up from the miniseries. I don't know if it's in the book either because obviously you got three different pieces of source material or three different iterations of this story. I didn't realize that Beverly was the linchpin. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if that's the way it is in the book, but I didn't realize that that was where they were going, that Beverly was the one that was not going to be afraid. Now, I guess because she's the only you know, female in the group, maybe that sort of kind of allowed her to stand out. But because she was the only one that really wasn't afraid to look at it in the face or to face down her, her stepfather, her father, whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a pretty powerful tool. And the fact that she sort of unified all of these guys and that together they were able to, in, in whatever way you could call it, defeat him, defeat Pennywise and, um, but yeah, I, I think that, that theme of fear is something that is very, um, I don't want to say heavy-handed because that makes it sound like it's bad. I think it's a very dominant theme in the film and the story, and it needs to be because it's ultimately what you know, brings them back 27 years later. Spoiler, right. sorry. 
Well, I'm actually glad that there's not quite the use of her as a linchpin as there is in the in the book. So I haven't read it, but there's been a lot of chatter about this on the internet this week about how I sp- I guess in the book Stephen King writes into it a very disturbing scene uh, for children. And you're, you're shaking your head, so you know what I'm talking yes, about. I'm and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to describe it, but it's it is it is sexual in nature with revolving around the 13 year old kids, which is not acceptable to me. Um, and I don't care in what context; it's not it's not okay to use that as a way for them to quote unquote come together as a team. That's ridiculous and gross and awful and evil in in a lot of ways. I guess I guess a man that writes this much horror has to have some some level of that in him. In a way. I think he was battling alcoholism at that time. Okay, so well, maybe, yeah, I, I know that it hasn't been like that in his recent novels. So I've I've definitely did some research to find out that there was like a time period where he was kind of had several of these issues with his books. But I'm I'm very glad that that was not brought forward into this movie. And what I feel like kind of replaces it in some ways. I don't know if it's in the book or not, but I I really liked the ending of the way in which they come together, uh, where the, mm-hmm. they they do the blood. Uh, promise essentially they, they cut themselves and and hold hands in a circle i actually really like that i thought that was that was great and um in general the cast chemistry and the idea in this movie about the power of friendship for the losers club yeah. is such a standout and such a highlight that part of the movie for me was darn near five stars um I thought it was fantastic. Fantastic performances all the way around. It felt like an R-rated version of Stranger Things, which, of course, is interesting because that in and of itself is an homage to a lot of Stephen King's work. The real, the realistic portrayal of what a loser's club might have been like in the 80s was spot on. I, I was walking out of the theater, and there were some moviegoers who were just, I heard them talking amongst themselves. And they were like, oh my gosh, the language. That's just, that's crazy. Why do they have these boys talking like that? And I, I kind of chuckled because like it or not, um, that's not necessarily not, or that's not wrong. Um, you know, a lot of 13 year old boys who get around just their friends, uh, absent of adults, do talk like that when they're that age. Uh, everything is a sexual reference when we're growing up. Uh, it's, it's just part of kind of how boys go through that process. And so the over-the-top cussing and the, the penis references that are constantly made in this movie made sense to me. And I felt like it, it kind of hit the nail on the head, so to speak. Uh, I, so I think, I think it's like this, this is the better part of the movie for me with with the character drama of the kids meeting each other, the scenes with Beverly, you know, befriending Stan, is that his name? No, it's the, um it's uh No, gosh. Stan Stan's the bar mitzvah. Who's Sorry, the, Ben? No. Ben. Yeah, it's Ben. Okay. Uh Ben, when when she is befriending Ben uh, and they're talking over new co- new kids on the block and you know using references and you know please don't go girl like those are some of the best moments in this movie mm-hmm. when they when she jumps off the cliff and they're all like oh crap do we have to do that now like I was like yeah that's that's me I've done that I've done those exact same things to try and impress a girl at that age and so it feels like kind of a dark even darker stand by me Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just seven likable outcasts riding around on their bikes and facing their fears together. And I, yeah. I loved that. I love that description of this. 
I think so. I mean, I agree with you. I think that there's an accuracy in portraying these kids as being both genuinely kids and also having the 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 language they do. I mean, I was a you know, we were we were high school kids together and and we had those kinds of jokes. What I think turned me off in particular was was Eddie's what I felt like his over the topness. And I get what I get why his character is that way. I mean, he is, you know, there's a joke in the miniseries and I, I imagine the book where people are like beep, beep Richie, meaning like shut up because he can't stop talking and it pays itself off at the end it where does. he, where he, where he's like, you know, and now I got to kill you, you know, Pennywise, you know, he grabs that bat and just goes after him. And I think it's great. The problem is, is that he gets to a point for me personally where his jokes, everything that comes out of his mouth is some kind of like crass joke and making some kind of, it, it, it takes away some of that genuineness of him for me. And it, it makes him not likable for me. That was probably a down point for me in terms of just whatever it is. And so f- there were parts of it that were funny. There were parts of it that weren't. Um, and, may, and I fully admit that it may have been the audience that I was with. We're talking about, you know, one in the afternoon who goes to movies, you know, at one besides me and like the 30 other people that were in the theater, but there weren't nearly, I imagine as many chuckles during his lines as they were during, you know, your showing. And so I, I think the portrayal of these kids and the way in which they acted together was perfect. Um, and even the, the way the language they used was, was, was spot on. I thought there were just times when it was just really heavy handed to me and it kind of, it kind of made me kind of go, all right, thank you for, thank you for making that obvious. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) So I don't disagree with you at all. I, I, while I do feel like it was genuine and realistic, that doesn't necessarily translate and mean that it is a good movie going experience. So I, I fully agree with you there. And it's interesting because the comedy was such a high point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do. I, I thought this was one of the funniest movies that I've seen all year. And that ties into this, this section where I talk about scares, um, at least what you saw of them <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and how this part of this will out of this will come my biggest complaint about the film. Okay. Um, so there were two genuinely frightening scenes to me. One is the opening scene with Georgie yes. and it. However, there's there's a caveat to this. Maybe I'll come back to that later. But this was <laughs> this was a truly scary moment, I'll say. The from the part where it where we know that Georgie is reaching in and, or Georgie is thinking about reaching in and we kind of just I knew like don't do that, right? There's a creepy clown mm-hmm. in the in the the sewer why would you reach in there to get your boat? And the way in which it's filmed and then it is very scary. It's face opening up, which I did not know was coming was incredibly scary because I, I had no idea there was this demon that was going to chomp somebody's arm off, you know, and then he's laying there bleeding in the rain in the, in the, in the middle of the street. And this hand like comes out and grabs him and pulls him in the sewer. That part was scary. What wasn't scary to me is the portrayal of it up to that point. I felt like it was a misstep to cast him or to have him be he he felt scary to me the whole time if that makes sense. Like 
he never seemed to be this nice clown stuck underneath the sewers. And while I haven't seen the Tim Curry version of the miniseries, I've heard from friends that that's part of what made him so scary to them at that age is because he was a funny haha clown who then flipped on a dime to become this evil thing. The way that Pennywise acts in the sewer when he's like, want to play Georgie? You know, like the mannerisms, Mm -hmm. they never changed from the first interaction with Georgie all the way through the movie. And so I, I I think I would have been more scared had there been a buildup, had there been a genuine reason for me to believe that this kid would see a nice clown in the sewer. the, The interaction I saw, dude, there's no, like, not even a question. Like, that's a creepy clown. Run away. There's, you know, does that make sense at all? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely does. And as someone who's seen the miniseries, I can I can agree with that that perspective because you know Pennywise as a as a clown, Tim Curry or 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 Skarsgård, any place that he is is just out of place, right? Um, but what Tim Curry brings that I appreciate now as an adult is the sense of He's a he's a character who you know as a as an audience is out of place wherever he is, but he's not trying Georgie's the only one that he ever tries to convince that he's nice, okay? Everyone else, these adult these more adulting kids, these 13-year-olds at the time, they know when they see him that there's something wrong. Okay. But he's got charm to him that he doesn't show his fangs, literally. Like he he comes across as like, hey, I'm, I may be out of place, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intriguing, right? Uh-huh. There's this clown out of nowhere, and you and I'd be like, I ah, don't touch that because we know that clowns are basically bad people, you know, and apparently a lot of people do, um, especially with clowns running around in woods and things like that. But I digress. I think that Skarsgård is just this—he's creepy all the way through, and I think that's a strength of his character. He's not fun to look at. Like Curry's Pennywise is. Like I can I can see him and look at him and be like, huh, yeah, because he's got he's he's sarcastic. He is, um, he's he's witty. It's like he he knows he has control over these these kids. Mm-hmm. And what happens is because Curry's that way, it makes his darker side less scary. Hmm. Which I think for me is why the miniseries is more digestible because he doesn't come across as as creepy. He just comes across as kind of a goober uh, with some, you know, a funny clown with some dark tendencies as opposed to Skarsgård who's like, I could not even be in the same town with this dude because he's just that creepy. And I tell you, the, the things that I did see, some of the ways in which he crawled, like those fast crawls that he did – you know, creep me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the way in which he transformed from from Georgie into himself after after he, whoever knocks him out or somebody stabs him and you know in the in the sewers that kind of creeps me. Out. I just ugh, it's that disturbing imagery that that I can't I can't just I can't swallow. So yeah. I think that both those both those the actors did for the character that if you combine the two it would be. I think a perfect Pennywise. Yeah, where you had the right amount of charm mixed with the incredible scariness of the demon. Yeah, I I can see that. I can see that. And I think you know horror is also even the rest of the criticism that I'm going to mention. 
it's a it's a genre which not everyone is going to like the same styles of horror. There mm-hmm. there are definitely types of horror that I'm I gravitate toward and I enjoy more. So I think it and comedy are probably the two genres that are most personal in nature uh, to mm-hmm. people. So the other the other scare for me that was the most terrifying was the bathroom scene uh, with Beverly mm-hmm. having having its hair come up and grab her. And so I thought it was I didn't know it was going to happen. So I I didn't realize she was that important yet. And I I legitimately thought Patrick that it was going to rip her head down like the drain and like you know just explode her head like i thought that's where we were heading um and so i this was very scary to me because i was expecting that and then there's a brief moment where it's like okay she's not gonna have that happen that was really scary it's gonna be okay and then whoosh right comes the blood up the Mm -hmm. up the uh the drain and just completely drenches the entire room so that that scene was a big deal for me i really enjoyed visually the horror and the way that that was depicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the reason that the scares never reached that five of five level for me is primarily because once we had seen something once from Pennywise, I felt like we kept seeing the same things over and over and over. And I felt like okay. the jump scares in this were repetitive and they had this diminishing return to them. And it's interesting to me that I didn't care for that because if I contrast this with Annabelle creation that I saw earlier this summer, that movie is pretty much just one big jump scare after another. They are expertly done jump scares and they literally scared the bejesus out of me. Whereas it did not. And I felt like it was as the movie went on, I got less and less scared from, from what I was seeing. And I think that's partially a personal thing because I get more scared of the supernatural when it comes to spirits and ghosts and things that I in somewhat believe in. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in real demons. I don't necessarily believe in talking demons and inhabit a clown. And so the humanity of Pennywise was something that worked against the movie's scariness for me. Right. Right. I, I looked at, I looked at it and as I'm, as I'm thinking through this and I'm trying to connect more dots, uh, I confess to you that since seeing the movie, I've been trying to wrap my head around why I can't get to the point that guys like you and Reed are, because I genuinely wish I were, I, I wish I were at that place where I could just absorb that kind of stuff and be like, yeah, I like this for this. And the jump scares were like this, where I'm like, I couldn't see anything because my hand was in my face, right? But I look at, the more I think about this, the more I started, I'm starting to realize this is a very much tribute to the 80s horror genre. And when you talk about the the types of jump scares and the types of like monsters and things like that that come out, particularly your nightmares on Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that, I see a lot of similarities in terms of how these shots are set up. This like kind of, and I only speak for the limited amount of films that I've seen. There's that slow buildup. There's that, you know, something's going to happen. You kind of don't want to look away unless you're me and you do. And you, you know, something's going to happen and then boom, just happens. Right. And I think that for me, that's kind of where my, not trauma, but that's kind of where my, 
my limitations started was with the the 80s horror and i think this you mentioned that this feels like a r-rated stranger things and you referred to stand by me uh, a show that takes place in the 80s and then a movie that we got back i mean it takes place in the 50s and you know 50s but but we got it back in the 80s and i think in a lot of ways we're getting that callback and so for for those who can appreciate that kind of uh that kind of not hyper violence, but that kind of that horror, that kind of style. I think it really hits the nail on the head. It feels like an it feels like an '80s horror movie to me, because this felt a lot like how I experienced a lot of uh, a lot of the '80s horror when I was able to kind of digest it all. And you know, whether that's a strength or a weakness, I think comes down to subjectivity. You know, do you like that kind of thing? Do you not? This is definitely not one of those that would play with your supernatural. Uh, persuasions mm-hmm. it would not make you go to bed at night thinking something's going to get me by any means because we're talking about a clown that only kids can see so logic dictates that you and I would never so it would get to... us we just wouldn't see it coming exactly so saying. we're good right yeah but no it's so I get that and I get the kind of the diminished <laughs> return that that you would get because it doesn't necessarily affect you in a way that leaves you thinking man yeah so so one more criticism of the scares and then i actually have a a positive but (laughs) and i want to save that for afterward the other big criticism i have and it and it's my biggest 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 problem with the movie is the comedy that i mentioned earlier and how funny it was to me how good it was how much i enjoyed the comedy we often talk about moments of levity in deep dramatic emotionally tense films or in horror movies it's that those those few scenes where the audience is given a chance to breathe or to come back down to earth and and catch you know take a break and reset before the movie takes them back on that emotional journey of whatever kind this movie to me lived in that quote-unquote levity instead of having it be passing moments and so because Every other scene was a joke. I never was able to let myself have the tension built up. I never reached the point of feeling terrified because I knew that no matter what happened, there was always going to be a joke to bring it back down to earth for it, for me. And that was a big turnoff because I, had this movie taken some of that out and let it just get scarier and scarier and scarier and ramp it up, I think I would have been more terrified. But I I just kept coming back to like laughing and it just kind of took me out of that moment. Yeah, that's definitely there. I think one of the other things that that I caught on was there's a and I mentioned this on our on our on our parks episode that I love moments when we have a kind of a breaking up of a group and then that reunification of that group, which is an incredibly important part of this story because the seven need to be together in order to defeat this, this evil. I didn't like the way in which this took place. It felt very fast. It felt like there were some missing pieces. Like the moment that Beverly's captured, it's like, Oh, okay, we'll all come together. And two scenes earlier, everybody was like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm done doing this. There was a definitive, we're not going to, I mean, I'm going to let this thing, I'm going to ride this thing out. 
And then 20 years, 27 years from now, I'm going to be a four-year-old living in a different town. You know, there was a definitive break from everyone. And all of a sudden, Beverly gets captured and everybody comes back together. To me, that didn't feel natural. It felt like it was a bit rushed. And knowing the importance of these characters, I wish that there was a little bit more involvement in bringing those guys back together and a little bit more uh, more strength to that. So from a story standpoint, I think that was kind of a weakness that that I pulled out. What I did love was when they were together and the way in which they worked as a team. I remember reading, I think in the trivia, that because they spent so much time together, the seven of them, separate from Skarsgård, like Skarsgård didn't actually spend a lot of time with them at all as a means to help the the chemistry, mm-hmm. that they really felt like a like a group of kids that had spent, you know, their entire, they spent an entire summer together, you know, shooting this thing. So the chemistry felt natural. And I think that was the biggest strength. And that's kind of where I felt a little like, ah, oh, man, you could have made a little bit better there or here. But as a whole, just the whole, the way in which they interacted and the way in which they talked, particularly with Beverly and Ben, I loved their relationship. I loved the little moments that they had, Me not too. just the ones that, and, and from the miniseries, there's some there's some cool stuff that comes from that. I, I mean, I hope at least I hope it does. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Well, the one thing that I'm going to say that I really did like from it, and that I got out of it from a horror and scare standpoint, is the real life scares, the real life terror, and that mm-hmm. is and that what I'm referring to is Beverly's relationship with her dad, and. Right. Uh, Henry's relationship with his dad and how Mm. that affected him into becoming the bully that he is. The scenes where they're literally cutting into Ben's belly, like that kind of evil and tangible human evil, like those moments were the ones that scared me probably more than anything that Pennywise did. Yeah. And that's something that I think the story I wanted more from the story as well was the the lack of concern by the adults in the town that was something that i think is a very important part of the film because it really emphasizes the fact that the kids are important but the fact that the adults can't detect anything or the adults they don't want to know what's going on uh maybe it's because the you know the wool's been covering their eyes or something like that but i know that there is um there's a def- there's a definitive theme in the story about how adults just they don't see it and that they're and that becomes a real problem because they almost become counterproductive in particular that opening scene with with georgie uh i mean that gosh that destroyed me i was like oh my gosh because i knew that was coming i mean i knew that pennywise was going to pull him in i did not see i had he had he bitten off his arm and then just pulled him in, I would have been fine. But the fact that we see a little boy crawling away with one arm, oh my gosh. I was I was like, no, no, no. And at the same time, we see that woman in the background. And we we see this kind of almost nonchalantness of her looking at the scene, looking, you know, like she's not even concerned about this kid looking at a drain. And the next thing she sees is blood and then of course we we move six <sighs> months later it's just ugh. so i think there are very strong i mean I, I think there are hints of the strength of the story that exists i just i 
I think I wanted more of that. And maybe maybe it'll come in the sequel. Maybe it'll come in chapter two, but well, I don't know. That's a perfect thing to lead into. So, uh, I you know, I know you're kind of lukewarm. I don't know if you're going to risk it because of the scariness of it now, but, you know, are we excited about chapter two? What about you? Do you do you want to know what happens or do you want to see chapter two? I don't know how the miniseries works, so I'm not sure if the miniseries the, shows the adult losers. Yes. So the miniseries... Okay, to answer your question, I'm excited about it, but no, I probably won't go see it. Okay, and <laughs> You're excited to hear, hear people tell you about it? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, maybe when it comes on FX or something like that, I can watch it. But the the way, because I was asking Reed about this, he's read the book, and the way in which the structure of the story works, the miniseries is doing exactly, did exactly what the movie's doing. First half is them as kids, second half is them as adults coming back 27 years later. The book from what he tells me intertwine. So we get, we get parts of it with them as kids. Then it flash forwards to them as adults and it goes back and forth and back and forth. It's not an even type of thing, uh, but, but it does have that, that division. It's like the opposite yeah. of the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Okay. Cause, yeah. Cause in the books in that one, they're completely separate events where you follow okay. the fellowship and then you follow Frodo and Sam separately. Okay. And then yeah, so, in the movies, they put them together. But in this one, it's mm-hmm. the opposite of that. Yeah. And I think it's for the sake of digestion of the actual story so we don't mm-hmm. get too confused. And uh, for casting purposes, because now the kids are all done and now we get the uh, the adult cast. So from from a story standpoint, I'm excited to see kind of what's included and what happens. So you know, when it comes out, feel free to give me a full review. And <laughs> all that. I just, I, again, it's a, it's another regret. You know, yeah. I'm excited about it, but I know I probably won't see it just because the movie experience won't be as as enjoyable for me. Well, I know I've sounded probably a little bit negative here on the film overall, but I try to stay upfront that I did enjoy it, and I really meant that I did enjoy it, and I am very excited about Chapter Two. I will definitely be there opening night to see what happens. I have no idea, so I'm going to try my best to continue to say spoiler free. Up until then, I'm not going to watch the miniseries. I'm not going to read the book. Like I want, this is my it, right? This is my version. And so I will wait patiently for that movie to find out what happens with the adult losers. My hopes for chapter two are clarification and specifics and details about the world and the world building that exists uh, in a way in which I can then even apply them retroactively to watching the first chapter again. Um, And my hopes are for, uh, a little bit more buildup of the terror to where it's a, a, a full-on, you know, exponential growth from kind of beginning to end to to really really scare me. But I'm I'm definitely going to be in for it, and I think this has been a rare movie, Patrick. I still haven't given this a rating, like an official rating, and I have seen it almost almost a week ago, and that is just unheard of for me. Because I just couldn't settle on one, so I, mean, I guess I'm going to have to do that pretty soon. Uh, but I'm excited to see it a second time. I really am. And knowing what I'm going to get, go in and enjoy it for that. And I think that I'm going to have an even better experience than I did the first time with it. So, yeah, I, okay. and I, I liked it. Well, good. good and good, it's good. bashing records. I mean, this thing is a box office smash it's it's broken horror movie startup records it's or opening records it's broken september movie release records i mean this is a monster it's uh, it surprised me how 
how much of the box office it grabbed and not because I thought it was going to do bad, but I mean, it's, I guess it's just that famous and that iconic and that, you know, that loved as a story, which makes sense. Cause you know, I liked it when I saw it, um, back in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was reading on the, uh, screen ramp website. They're predicting a possible, uh, 2019 premiere date. That sounds about right. So, yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, a couple of years out, but uh, give you a chance to, you know, do whatever you need to do to, to prep for it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be it, it will be a difficult exercise for sure for the filmmakers because you know when they were remaking this one, following up a TV miniseries with 2017 graphics and CGI and et cetera, et cetera, it, you knew you could do something unique, but now to deliver on something that has reached this level of, you know, belovedness amongst moviegoers already, that's, that's a tough challenge. Uh, you know, making a good sequel essentially is, is really, really hard. And so mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see how they do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you'll see, I'll hear from you. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, again, I appreciate you going to it and I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it and listeners. I hope you've enjoyed this. Patrick, where can people find you if they want to make fun of you or tell you about other horror movies that you haven't seen? <laughs> you can find me at Shoeless Patch at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I also have a website, thisispatch.com, that has uh, different things that you can find out more about me. Well, you can find me at Aaron L. White, A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, PlayStation. Anywhere you go looking for me, I'm there. And also tweeting from the Feel and Film official Twitter. Also, listeners, we wanted to let you know that we have just recently reworked our Patreon.com rewards. I'm not going to go into too much detail. If you listen to our recently released The Perks of Being a Wallflower main episode, I think it's episode 75, uh, you can hear me talk about that at the very beginning and give a little bit more specifics about why we did that. But the short of it is that we now have a $1 a month level that gets you a reward and lets you be participatory in a cool way and so check it out patreon.com slash feeling film and if you so choose and want to support us we would be extremely grateful and that would be awesome because we love our patrons because they help us keep the show going that's for sure well this has been a fun mini-sode i enjoy doing these and uh this one fit in perfectly with the theme so it was a great timing patrick until next week and for you and for all of our listeners stay positive and keep feeling film <laughs>